0: And so as we look there at verse 1, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Now I want you to think of that. Jesus was God in heaven, a spirit who took on human flesh. But, keep it in mind, he had a human body, a human soul, and a human spirit. So he's feeling the things that you and I would feel on the cross. When he was in the wilderness and tempted by the devil, the Father sent angels and they ministered unto him. In the garden of Gethsemane, before the cross, he sent angels and they ministered unto him. But now, there's no ministering from the Father for the only begotten Son. So the questions are of very human emotion and a feeling like you would have. In verse 2, he said, Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the nighttime, you know, in that darkness when nobody's around, in the night season, and am not silent. Have you ever prayed You prayed earnestly for things, something God has really laid on your heart, and you really prayed hard and you prayed earnestly for those things. And it seemed like there was no help or no answer. You you may even feel like, well, what's the use? No, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy that was set before him, that's faith. Amen. That is faith. And that is love. The trial of our faith calls on us to trust God. Though we don't get the answers, we think. Sometimes their answers come years after we've prayed them. Sometimes that answer is No because my strength is sufficient for thee. And you learn things of the strength of the, and wisdom and sufficiency and grace of God that you would have never known otherwise. And this is what he expen, uh, experiences. He says, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Psalms 145, 17 tells us, God is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. In other words, what he has allowed to really, it seems to afflict you. He allowed it. And he was righteous and he did it for a holy purpose. And you are trusted with it, to just lean on him, whether you get your answer or not, to lean on him for your day-to-day strength. He inhabits the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were not, and, and were delivered They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. You know, Satan will do that. He did it with Jesus on the cross. I mean, this this chapter that is 100% accurate on all the events of the cross, a thousand years before it ever happened. This, this, This very passage... Satan is there. Oh, he's at the cross. And he's telling Jesus. Hey, remember that Old Testament? Remember how people called and Israel got delivered and they go right back into it and they get delivered? Go right back into it and get delivered? Oh, they trusted him. They called on him and the Lord delivered. (laughs) But nothing's happening for you. Jesus knew, knew what it was to fill all of that. Right. To know that he could have called 12 legions of angels. But had the faith to see the joy that was set before him. I don't understand how it's joy for him to save my soul. But it is. And it's his joy to save your soul and for any who will turn to him in repentance and faith. So with that backdrop, we will I'm really looking at verse 6 this morning, but I want to have a word of prayer, then we get into the message. Father, your love is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. But Lord, those are only words. If we don't know them, And act upon it. And receive the love through repentance and faith in Christ Jesus. And as Christians. To walk in obedience to your word. Following the great example. Of faith. Set forward by Christ in human form. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. And Lord I pray. That you would just in a special way speak to every heart, because I can't speak to hearts. I can only relate your word. May the Spirit take this home to each one. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. In Psalms 22 6, as we look at it, he says, But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. Now, we covered that last week as far as a worm. We told you how they would weave wool together. And they'd take the snail, and take the, the, the snail, the, the worm of it, you might say, and crush it, and somehow make the red, the blood, and they would form it as a dye. And with that wool fully woven, it would be the, it would be the robes of, of, really, of Royalty. They were very expensive, but for a a mother to do that for her children, for her household, was a tremendous thing. And the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world, the wool of that Lamb, who shed his blood for us, clothes us in his righteousness. Oh, what a blessing that is to us. Although, he is a reproach and despised of the people. That is love. That is love. And that is putting others before himself. God, we find in Hebrews chapter 1, Verses one through three, because I want you to see how this love that He has for you and for me, how it was manifested. We read in Hebrews chapter one, God, who at sundry times and in diverse matters spake unto the prophets. He spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. By the prophets. That's the way the Lord spoke to people. As the prophets would hear from God, they would relate the words of God to the people. As a matter of fact, that's the way the Bible was written according to 2 Peter chapter 1. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved of God and the scriptures were written And even your New Testament scriptures in the same manner were every bit God breathed. To breathe out the words of God. You say, why why do you say by inspiration it means God breathed? Well, why do you say God breathed? Because just like I'm talking now, I couldn't talk this way, breathing in. Hebrews. (laughs) Hebrews. Okay, that's a big difference, isn't it? Breathing in and breathing out. He breathed every word that was written And because he's God he preserved every word. The world makes fun of it. There are theologians who call themselves theologians. And really theologians is the study of God. You don't have to have 15 letters after your name to be a theologian. Just be a saved person who studies to know God and his word. It makes you a theologian. Your life can be lived theologically or it can be lived anthropologically, that is, man-centered. If you're saved, your life ought to be theological, God-centered. But I want you to see, every word was breathed out by him, but now, as he is going here, he says that in verse 1 there, as, his, as we've got in Hebrews chapter 1, in verses 1 through 3, we see a change. Let's go to verse 2. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he hath appointed the heir of all things. Now, why does he say that? Because it's so important. If you're saved, it's very important to us. Why? Because Romans 8, 17 says, we are joint heirs with him. A joint heir with Jesus. The son of God. Oh, think about that. By whom also he made the worlds. Who being the brightness of His glory, and the express image of His person. And upholding all things by the word of His power. Now think about this. This is who Jesus is. He is the express image of the person of Jesus Christ, of of God, because he was in God through eternity past. He was the spirit before he came to this earth, the express image in human form now. What does that mean? Well, you know, throughout the Old Testament, we have types. We have shadows of things to come. You know, a type or shadow is not the real thing. If you have a shadow, it casts a shadow. If you have an object, to, you have to have an object to cast a shadow. There has to be a light to cast a shadow. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He casts the image of God. It's like having a key. You can have an image of a key, but if you're trying to unlock a door, that image of a key is not going to unlock it. You've got to have the key. Jesus died on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins, and he rose up victoriously over hell in the grave. And so we read in Revelation chapter 1.18 that He has the keys of hell and of death. He's the only way of salvation. The only way. And so, He upholds all things by the word of His power. Have you ever thought about that? On the cross? Despising the shame? Hanging naked on a cross? And we'll read more of that as we progress in Psalms 22. But all things created by the word of his power. You realize he could have called 12 legions of angels at that moment. And really, if he's upholding all things by the word of his power, he didn't even need 12 legions of angels. He could have just spoken come off the cross. Oh, the love of God, it is greater far than tongue or pen could ever tell. Yes, when he by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Now think of that. When you sat on the right hand in that day, of a king. Put there, you were being put equal with him. Christ was equal with God the Father. You know, we read in Revelations that we'll sit in thrones with him in Revelation 3 for those that endure and so forth, but I find that interesting because you think of a throne, we always see a throne that's probably shaped a little bit like these, but great big and so forth, like these chairs here. (laughs) <laughs> they look like old Sparky and uh, used to be there when they electrocute people. But, but nonetheless, a throne there wasn't like that. It was like a long bench. The king called, called you to come up and sit down. That was the greatest honor. You live a life of obedience to Christ, you'll not only be there as you're saved, but you'll get to sit in a throne by him from time to time. What a, what a blessing that is. What a privilege that is. What an undeserved favor that that would be for us. And yes, Christ died for us. Oh, the Son of God became the sons of men, the Son of men, that the sons of men might become sons of God. That's a tremendous truth. He purged our sins. He sat down. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, I've quoted to you many times where we find that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The Word is God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, I believe it's verse 17, says, No man has seen God at any time. (laughs) The only begotten Son dwelleth in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. The only way I know God is through the humanity of Jesus Christ, who was God come in the flesh. And he came for a purpose, to save that which was lost. Oh, the love of God is still greater far. But let's look further at that. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, I'd looked there at Hebrews chapter 1, now I want to look at Hebrews chapter 10. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance, again, made of sins. Every year. You know, they had a yearly sacrifice in Israel for the sin of the land, of the people. And yet they had to do it again, because it doesn't take away sin. For it was not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats... Should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. A body hast thou prepared me. You say, what in the world does that mean, a body thou hast prepared me? Let me just take you to Hebrews chapter 11 now again, verse 3, where he says that, a body hast thou prepared me. But look at verses 1 through 3 of Hebrews 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That word framed is important. That the things which are seen are we're made by things which do not appear. Now, we've told you, God is a spirit. But he took on human flesh one day. The Son, God the Son, he was the eternal Son from eternity past. But in the Trinity, God the Son would be the one that would come. And he said, we read earlier, a body hast thou prepared me. Now, you say, why is that important? Prepared and framed. Well, when we say the worlds were framed by him, without him was not anything made that was made. We realize by the word of God, it was framed. In other words, God spoke the worlds into existence. uh, Psalms 33, and really Genesis 1, the Lord said, let there be light. He spoke. Let man. He just went through Genesis 1 and 2. The entire creations he spoke. People say, "You actually believe that? You dumb Christians!" Oh, they want us to believe evolution. These gases came together. Where the gases come from? These gases come together, and they explode. And the human body, all the animals, the earth, all the planets were formed with the lives that they have on them and the things that they do. Yeah. <laughs> And really, if I could take the 26 letters of the alphabet and make 100,000 of each letter and put them in a huge box and have an explosion, it would be more likely that when they settled, they would be in a book, 100% accurate than it would be for a world to explode like this, or for uh, gases to explode and create the universe. And they call us dumb. See, there's no room in their heart for an almighty God, which is one day in hell going to make them wish there had been. Yes, you look at that word framed, and then... You look here, they were framed, <laughs> and his body was, his, his body was framed, he was formed by the Father. The worlds were framed, the form of God. He said, why do you say, who being been in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God? but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, being made in the likeness likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Yes, in Hebrews chapter 10, we read there how he had formed him. How he had in the womb made him. You see, Adam was created of God of the dust of the ground. But for Mary, the Holy Spirit came upon her. Now look, Mary was not God. She was not a God. But she was the one chosen of God. To bear the Holy Son of God. The Holy Spirit came upon her. By the way, the Bible tells us she had other children after Jesus, by the way. By Joseph, not virgin births. But aside from that. The worlds were formed. They were framed. And so Jesus was formed by the Father inside the womb of Mary. That'll be very important when we get down in our text. And he says, thou art he that basically drew me from my mother's womb. He formed Jesus and was there the entire nine months until Jesus was born and he drew him from his mother's womb. Why, why go to that? all of that work and all of that thing like that. He formed Adam of the dusty ground, but just forming Jesus that way. That's how important that although he was all holy and all righteous and he would come to this earth, that's how important It was to him the greatness of his love, the greatest love story ever told, was to die on the cross for your sin and fill it full in his human spirit, his human soul, his human body. To reject his offer of salvation. You've heard people say, Don't be a fool, don't be a fool. The biggest fool in the world is the one that has the opportunity to be saved and rejects it. You cannot save yourself. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saves us. And my friend, it's this simple. Christ died for your sins on the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead. When he was on the cross... See the difference between the time on the cross and the time in the wilderness and all those temptations? In the wilderness and those temptations and in, uh, in Gethsemane and that temptation? Our sin wasn't on him. But every bit of my sin was upon him. Your sin. The sin of the whole world, the Bible tells us. Not just specific people, all the world. And so, as the song says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe, sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Have you ever heard people say, oh, my heart was black with sin? No, it's much worse than that. It was red with sin. Black is not the color of sin, red is. We don't talk about the black light district, we talk about the red light district and you think of evil, the worst kind of sin. And so the blood of Jesus Christ, the red blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You say, why is sin red and the blood of Jesus Christ red? You know, you can take a red cellophane paper and look at something that is red, that cellophane paper, and it'll look white. You see, when I appear before God that day at the judgment seat, He'll look at me through the blood of Jesus Christ, and I will be accepted in the beloved because my sins are cleansed. He's washed me in the blood of Jesus Christ. My friend, that can be true for anyone under the sound of my voice today. Know that you're a sinner. And know that the only way to heaven is not through you just getting good enough to go to heaven. No, that doesn't happen. You've got to admit, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. But I believe that Jesus did die for me like he says because he doesn't lie. And I received him as my Lord and Savior. Sometimes we misunderstand that term. The Bible likens it to the vow in marriage. We're even called the bride of Christ. He's the head. So, when you come to Christ, he's the head. You're submitted. You're coming to him as your Lord and Savior. That thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord... It was God, Jesus, in the flesh to pay the penalty that could only be paid in the flesh. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt, not thou might be, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. In other words, you put all your eggs in that basket. Because it's so sure. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. You trust him with your life, your soul, your eternity. And with the mouth confession is made to salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Are you 100% sure that if you die today that heaven's your home? But on the other hand, if you are sure and you know that heaven's your home, Is your life such that you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will you hear, saved, but so as by fire, ashamed at his appearing? How can we say, I love Jesus, and we're ashamed to testify of him? I love my wife. I like to be seen with her. I don't have to apologize. But I love my Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't have to apologize for that either. Come to Jesus. Let's bow our heads, please.